Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Rough night for the Minnesota Vikings last night, losing 12 to 10. And, you know, (laughs) this is so interesting where we're at right now. With regards to the Vikings and the state, of quarterback play. Because right now, the Vikings are in a weird spot. And they're in a weird spot because Kirk Cousins goes out for the the rest of the season. And you acquire Joshua Dobbs. Okay, Joshua Dobbs is pressed into action early against Atlanta. They win that game. They win the week after. And so now we've got Dobbs mania, not just because they won those two games that he immediately played in, but because of the dynamic plays that he made. Okay? So now we've got Dobbs mania. It's the biggest story in the NFL for a couple of weeks. Everybody's in love with the potential of Joshua Dobbs. And so you get Sunday night against Denver, and there's some turnovers. Okay? And, and there's been turnovers since, since he first got into even in the Atlanta game. There were some mistakes that were made, but they end up winning, right? They, they end up winning. And so now that we've got the Denver loss, now that we've got the, the Chicago loss and the way that you had interception after interception, now everybody is like questioning, okay, Joshua Dobbs. Now we got to sit Joshua Dobbs. I'm not sitting here saying that because I always question the Dobbs thing. I I tweeted um, immediately. I was like, I don't think that Joshua Dobbs is going to be the guy that's going to lead us to the promised land because he is what he is. He's a journeyman um, quarterback. All right. Does he have some talent? Is he still improving? Yeah, we could probably say that. Yeah, he's, he's probably improving. But he won one game out of the eight games that he played with the, I think it was eight games with the Arizona Cardinals or whatever. He he won one game earlier this year. That's it. He's won two with the Minnesota Vikings. But this is my point. For the people out there that think right now you're going to sit Joshua Dobbs and that you've got something better than Joshua Dobbs, I think that's ridiculous. I actually think that Kevin O'Connell even thinking about 
there being a controversy and, well, maybe we'll go to Mullins or maybe we'll go to Hall. That's insane. To me, putting in Hall now doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It, it really doesn't. I get that you started him and he got a concussion, all that. Whatever. Do I think that Hall is better suited right now for the Vikings than Joshua Dobbs to be the starting quarterback of this team? No. I, if we want to see what, what, what Jaron Hall's got um, maybe when this team is out of the race to make the postseason or in the offseason, I'm fine with that. But you hitch your wagon to Joshua Dobbs. Let's ride or die with Joshua Dobbs. And this is the thing. A couple weeks ago, you said you had confidence in Joshua Dobbs. If you don't have confidence in him now, then to me, I think that was all a lie. I think you were just you were just te- you were just telling us that to make us feel good. Stick by your guns. Joshua Dobbs has made some mistakes. Joshua Dobbs hasn't played that great here the last couple of weeks. He's owned that. I don't want this to be a scenario where we because we're into the bye week now, right? Mm-hmm. Where all of a sudden now we are going to have Mullins be the guy. I I just I don't get it, man. If if you go one way. If you're the Vikings. I was talking with my brother on the way out of the game last night because we, we saw that thing last night, whatever it was. And we, we, we experienced it. It was an experience for sure. I can make the case for staying with Dobbs, and I can make the case for making a change to Jaron Hall. Nick Mullins is not the answer. Nick Mullins is a low-leverage quarterback. I think what excited people with Joshua Dobbs is he's this unknown. He's a journeyman that's been a lot of different places. But can you get lightning in a bottle like you did with Case Keenum? I feel like that's what the fan base was wanting. And after the first couple of weeks, you're like, okay, yeah, we we got something. The NFL, like the, the pastronaut hype, like everything is there. He's a different type of quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a fantastic passer, but he's a statue. And Joshua Dobbs is not an elite downfield passer, but he's mobile. But the problem is if Joshua Dobbs becomes a guy that you're going to pressure and you get to him and he can't get away, then he becomes a liability. And that's what we've seen the last couple of weeks. So I still, I feel like I know what Joshua Dobbs is, but but I still don't know. I, I still don't know who he is. But I can make the case that if you feel like you've seen the best of Joshua Dobbs, then you have two weeks to make the change. Otherwise, you see what he's got with Justin Jefferson. I mean, this, even if you're, quote-unquote, in the hunt with the graphic, mm-hmm. you're not a playoff team. You're a playoff team because seven teams have to make the playoffs. And by hook or by crook, somebody's got to have that last seed. I, I just this this all comes across as like a total panic move to me at, at this particular point. I I I really I really don't um like you made the move for Joshua Dobbs, but you you, 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 didn't, that, you didn't give up a lot though. You just switched. no. But th- 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 my point is, you gave up something for Joshua Dobbs. There was something that you saw in Joshua Dobbs. Why don't you just go ahead and let it play out? Now you're going to play it out because you lost back to back games. The, the only here's my question: If Jaron Hall doesn't get hurt in that game against Atlanta, regardless, win or lose, 
is Jaron Hall the quarterback? Like, Jaron Hall got hurt. That's why Joshua Dobbs got pressed into duty. I mean, if Jaron Hall doesn't get hurt, is Jaron Hall still the quarterback? Is Jaron Hall the starting quarterback after the second week, after the third week? We don't. And Joshua Dobbs is that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know what you do with this. I don't think that. But, but hold on, hold on. Yeah. Jaron Hall got the start. Yes. Because of what? Because of the Cousins' injury. But, and, and and Dobbs had only been there four days. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He wasn't. He he he. Literally, you acquired Jaron Hall was somebody there. You're like, okay, we're gonna start him, mm-hmm. and then you acquired Joshua Dobbs, and you're like, okay, we'll get Joshua Dobbs up to speed. I see what you're saying about Jaron Hall, about okay, maybe Jaron Hall's got, but this is, I guess, this will be the thing though. Doesn't this come across as it extremely knee jerk in the midst of losing two games? And I know that Dobbs didn't look good last night. That that was bad. I mean that 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 was that was atrocious. Like on Monday night, he had his worst game maybe of the season. And it wasn't particularly close because yeah, there were a couple of interceptions that were not his fault. But the one that he threw into the the breadbasket of the Chicago defender, the wide open throw when the defender for Chicago fell down and Jordan Addison was, you know, all by his lonesome. I, I'm not saying that Jaron Hall is is going to be the kickstart, but maybe Joshua Dobbs is a guy that gives you a shot of energy for a couple of games. And now that Jaron Hall is is healthy, so I got a question for you. Then yeah. I got a question for you. Okay. So so so, do you think that that Joshua Dobbs, based on his experience, gives you a shot at winning a game? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So so we don't know that about Jaron Hall, we, right? We, we don't. That's the thing. But my question is this. You put him in there against the Las Vegas Raiders, and let's say he looks terrible. Mm-hmm. He looks terrible, and they lose. Then what? Then, then then what do you do? Are you then pivoting back to Joshua Dobbs? Are you then pivoting to, to Mullins? I think it— But that, that that's per- one of the reasons you pause. You, you can't go back and forth. Like, that's you what make I'm the saying. Ch- you make the change— and you go with it. You can't yo-yo back and forth. Because you can't do that. Then you- and that's why I'm saying I don't think that you yo-yo with it right now. That is the overarching point that I'm making. And I, and I, think, I can see that. I yeah. think that you go into this game even after the – Another thing, we haven't seen Joshua Dobbs with J.J. Like That's the, how, that's how, the wild how, card. How, how, how could you not even give him an opportunity with Justin Jefferson? If Justin Jefferson's going to come back – after the bye, you should at least, at the very least, give Joshua Dobbs that opportunity with Justin Jefferson. Now, if if, if he's missing a wide open Justin Jefferson all game long against the against the Raiders, then yeah, enough's enough. But I I don't think that you can play this with the back and forth, just like you mentioned. Yeah. Of of okay, now we're gonna go Hall. Hall looks terrible. He's not ready for prime time. And then you're like. Well, now we're going to go back to Joshua Dobbs. Oh, oh now, now we're going to go to Mullen. Like, how many different quarterbacks do you think you're going to go to? I I understand that. But here's where, like, when they got Joshua Dobbs, I understand you needed the depth. You needed a veteran. You needed somebody who had some NFL experience. I know that Dobbs wasn't the first choice. You wanted Jacoby Brissett from Washington. He wasn't available. Price was too high. Then you pivoted. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> We're talking about we're talking about Jacoby Brissett. I, that's the, what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. No, but but what I'm saying is you didn't. They didn't. I go, wanted Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Well, they, they didn't go. He wasn't out, available. They didn't go out and say 
okay, Joshua Dobbs is the guy that we're going to go get. Joshua Dobbs was not they their never, first choice. They never said who they wanted to get publicly. I mean, well, I mean. I wanted Patrick Mahomes yeah, personally. Well, well, be, be right, you know, beat writers, if you read, you know, Star Trib and, you know, other places. I saw like, on a blog that, that we wanted Patrick Mahomes. But see, he wasn't now available. you're just talking nonsense. I'm just saying. I mean, you're, not, just, I mean, you're just. No, no, no. You, you look it out there. Jacoby Brissett, Joshua Dobbs was not the first choice. They're not like, oh, my God, I have to go get Joshua Dobbs. Joshua Dobbs is the guy. Okay, he was the second choice. He might have been the second choice. I'm saying I'm asking you since, you. since you know Jacoby Brissett was the first choice, I'm asking you who the second choice was. I don't know who the second oh, choice okay. was. All, right. All I know is that, you know, it's, it's, it's like when you, like you want to ask somebody out and they say no, and finally you end up with somebody like me. Okay, the Vikings might have settled for Joshua Dobbs. Oh. I don't know. But there was the uncertainty with Joshua Dobbs for the first couple of games. Now, do we know who he is? Do we know? I don't know. Didn't we? Excuse me. You got the hiccups now. Didn't we know who Joshua Dobbs was when he got here? I think don't so. Don't we have enough film and tape on Josh? He's, he's played with enough football teams to where we know who he is, right? But there was the intrigue. How could you ask that question? But there was intrigue. Was, was there not people like, oh, man, okay, this is interesting because he's – He's I get never, interesting, but he, you know who he is. He's never. I can't well, believe you asked me that question. Well, but, but we know who he is, right? We he's might. In, he's an inconsistent quarterback. You don't know what you're going to get from him. Okay, but do you want that over the unknown in Jaron Hall? If you if you know that Joshua Dobbs is this sort of quarterback, do you want that or do you want the unknown we of a have, guy that you haven't seen? I want to see Joshua Dobbs move forward with this team because we've seen him at his best, and now we've seen him at his lowest. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've seen him at his best. Now we've seen him at his worst. His worst was Chicago. His best was a few weeks ago. Okay. Not the Denver game, but against um, Atlanta. Uh, not Atlanta. New Orleans. New Orleans. Okay. I, it's, so that's what it is. Like okay. sometimes you just gotta you just gotta put your big boy pants on and move forward with the guy you got. I I I like the idea of Joshua Dobbs, a mobile quarterback, in this offense. I do. I like the idea of having him with Justin Jefferson. But if what we saw last night, when you get pricked for the first time all year since he's been with the Vikings, we saw him under pressure. And, he, you know, things did not go well when he was Agreed. under pressure. Agreed. So do, we, do you now change your protection? Do you scheme more? Like, what do you do to not put Joshua Dobbs in that situation? Because he made some really – the underthrown pass, again, to, I think the first one to Jordan Addison on the sideline – I get tip ball Addison. I get it, but there were just some boneheaded. You're like, dude, you 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 can't you can't do that. Say, so, do you know if Jaron Hall's going to be? He might, but yeah, we don't know. But if you do go to him, you can't go back. And if you're so and so, if you're really in the playoff race, how long do you let this thing play out? Six five one four six one nine two two six. A text line. Didn't Hall get his butt handed to him against Atlanta, and that's how Dobbs was put in? Or am I wrong? You are wrong. He didn't get his butt his butt handed to him. He got a concussion. I mean, he got his a, head handed I mean, to I mean, him. I mean, I mean, I mean <laughs> he got a concussion. That's not, I mean, his head, what, his head got handed. That's to not the, his uh, fault. No, no. He, I, I think he was probably going to score on that run too, and it was like the two yard line, yep. and he got nailed and yep. head. Yeah, and he's and nowadays in the NFL, if you've got a concussion. I think there's only been one or two players that have passed it and been cleared for the next week. But for this particular game, though, um, the next game coming up, if you um, don't have any faith or trust 
and who you're going to select as a quarterback, then I think that you've lost the team for the rest of this year. Like, I know Justin Jefferson is looking around like, what? Who's going to throw him the ball? Exactly. Yeah. And we can't have that. I, yeah, you, if, if you commit to him, you commit to him for another – but I don't, I don't want this being Robert Sala, well, Tim Boyle, or Zach Wilson. Who is it? I got you. All right, coming up next, uh, the, t- the top five rudest cities in America? Rudest? Places I don't want to live? Who is at the top of the list? I guess we'll get to that next year on The Lake Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, something about Minnesota, everybody talks about Minnesota nice. And we learned a lot about Minnesota not as nice as what everybody says that it is. We, Minnesota nice? We, we said that the last couple of years. People were like, nah, Minnesota ain't as nice as we've been portrayed. We're not. Right? We're not. But the top five rudest cities in the U.S., a survey done by Business Insider and SurveyMonkey asked nearly 2,100 Americans to rank what they believe were the five rudest U.S. cities from a list of the country's 50 largest cities. Okay, this is what they came up with. The top five, the rudest city in America, they say, is New York City, which. When I first saw this article. I said to myself, I bet the East Coast is going to be well represented. Oh, yeah. I, I just I just because that's just kind of like how the East Coast. Made the list. That, that's just how the East Coast comes across. So New York City came in at number one. L.A., I'm surprised by this. How did L.A. come in number two? L.A. is LA is, is a rude city? Maybe people are just kind of in their own world and doing their own thing. And I mean, when I was out in L.A., I didn't think it was. That. I would never rank it's L.A. Got a, as number yeah, two. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's got, I mean, it's, it's just got a different vibe, but I never thought it was, you know, people were rude. Uh, number three, they have Washington D.C. Now I could see you how just made the list. I could see how Washington D.C. is in the top five, just because Washington D.C. There's a lot of arrogant, stuck-up people in what I, I I know it because I spent some time in Washington. My my ex girlfriend from college, she went to to Howard University in Washington D.C. 
Uh, my sister went to Howard. She lived in D.C. for a while. D- D- D.C. just has that. It's the have and have nots. There's a lot of people that are well-to-do in D.C. And it's people come across as super snobbish and arrogant. Because they've got the money and the power and the influence. Okay. And, and the political you know, atmosphere there in, in D.C. Sure. Okay. Number four, Chicago. Respectfully, I haven't spent enough time in Chicago to to make that. Assumption. Yeah, I I dis I disagree with that. I I disagree. Like every time that I've been in Chicago, it's it's uh, the hustle and the bustle. I mean, it's there's a reason they call it the second city, but I've never had any problems in Chicago. Like I love Chicago. Chicago's a good town. Number five, mm-hmm. they have us Boston. Now now when oh, this first yeah. came out, I, I've never been to Boston. Okay, I've never been to, but when I. When I first saw this, I assumed that Boston was going to be at the top of the list. The only reason why I say this is because of what other people tell me about yeah. Boston, not because of anything that I know. I've never been there, um, so I'm not one to necessarily judge about with regard to Boston because I have no experience. Yeah. But from all the people that I know, oh man, they 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 say the people in Boston, man, it's um, they're 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 interesting. Yeah, I, I've never been to Boston, but I've worked with enough people from Boston. Oh, they're mass holes. They are. They are. Yeah, they're. To me, they're above New York, and it's not particularly close. Gotcha. You can take the entire state of Massachusetts and, like, put it on its own, or just, you know, Boston itself. The rest of the top 10, gotcha. they had Detroit at six, Buffalo at seven, Baltimore at eight. Strong East Coast uh, influence here. Uh, number nine is Philadelphia. And then number 10, we head back to the West Coast and go to San Francisco. And if you're out there wondering where Minneapolis or St. Paul ranked on the list, Minneapolis is on the list at number 46. Out of the 50, Minneapolis came in at 46. Hmm. That's interesting. So so we're, we are nice here. We, we are nice. Philadelphia, I, I think maybe it's just Philadelphia because of the sports thing. But, like, I got friends that are from Philadelphia. They're cool people. It didn't say sports. It says it, it, just says, said they're, it says just, okay. City. It didn't say sports. Okay. Well, I mean. I'm trying to give I, them excuses. No, I don't have a, If they're rude, they're rude. If they're rude, they're rude. I mean, they booed Santa Claus. They threw, you know, ice balls at Santa Claus. But we're 46, huh? Yeah, we're 46. All right. Well, I guess you know, got to do something. Okay. All right. So we've talked about the issue at quarterback for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Now it seems like we have an issue at quarterback with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. We get to that next year on the Lake Show. All right, welcome back to the Lake Show. The only team in the area that has quarterback issues is the Minnesota Vikings. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not true. The Minnesota Vikings are not the only team that has quarterback concerns or issues. The uh, man, you're just fired up with the sound bites tonight, aren't you? You're just full of sound bites. Uh, well, uh, it's either hear me talk or hear me hit the button, and we know which one is the best. The 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 Minnesota Golden Gophers, who say that they will be going to a bowl game, right? Now we got to figure out what the heck's going to happen with their quarterback because Ethan Calicmanis is entering the transfer portal. He tweeted a note earlier thanking Gopher fans. And I'll just go ahead and read it. It says, I would like to start by thanking God for giving me the ability to play this amazing game that I love so much. I want to thank my family for their unconditional love and support. To my teammates and brothers, 
playing with you has been the honor of all honors. I love you all and will miss you immensely. I always had your backs and you had mine. The most difficult part of my decision was to leave you. Thank you to the universe, uh, to the Minnesota coaching staff who believed in me before I even before I ever stepped foot on this campus. I cannot express my gratitude, fully express my gratitude to to you. To all uh, this is this writing is real small. To all the Gopher fans, I am so thankful to have been a part of this university and this incredible, passionate community where all of you welcomed me with open arms and open hearts. Minnesota will always be an important place in my life and one that I believe has helped me grow immensely both as a player and a man for the, for the, for the last three years. After several days of discussion with my family, I'm announcing my intention to enter the transfer portal with two years of eligibility left. God bless Sky Yumai, go Gophers. So, first off, I, I, I wish this kid nothing but the best. And I actually, I feel a little bit, I'm a little bit bummed for him because coming into this year, a lot of people crowned him. A lot of people crowned this kid as the next great. And I, I, didn't, I didn't think that was fair to him. Because there's been a lot of looking at the quarterback position with the Gophers throughout the years, and there's been a lot of that, okay, this is the person, and then we it never fully materializes. We said that for a lot of people, Adam Weber, a lot of people, right? And it never fully materializes. So I'm very cautious with regards to crowning any quarterback until we actually see that they are legitimately the real deal. So I feel like he was put in a very, very tough spot before this. We even had host of the huddle, Dave Schwartz, comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. I, I think that this I think he I think he wins um so the, the preposterous statement tournament just based off of that alone. <laughs> I, I'm I'm dead serious. So this kid did not have a good year with the Gophers. The Gophers did not have a good year, and now he is exiting the program. My question is, number one, how do we view P.J. now with this happening? And number two, who's playing quarterback for us in the bowl game? <laughs> I, you know, people say, well, you know, row the boat. I'm going to say P.J. missed the boat because P.J. never – the only time that he really let quarterbacks sit back and throw the ball is when you needed to. I feel like the conservative play calling and the way that the offense was structured was not conducive to really seeing what his skill set was. I, I don't feel like we really know who Ethan Calicmanis is as a quarterback, because he wasn't given any opportunity. You threw 42 times in that terrible loss to Purdue. But guess what? He threw no interceptions, three touchdowns, 292 yards, 18 for 42, completion percentage not great. But I'm sorry, when you're talking about games where you're throwing the ball 15 times, 19 times, 14 times, you know, I'm not even going to count the Michigan and Ohio State games. 22 against Illinois, you should air it out a little bit more. 22 against Michigan State. You can't become so one-dimensional. So I, 
I feel like this not only Calic Manis is doing the right thing by him, but if I'm other future quarterback recruits, why would I want to go to a place that I feel is going to muzzle me and won't let me throw the ball? Because, I mean, after Tanner Morgan, Tanner Morgan had great years with Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson. Great years. But hold but, on. You're, 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 you're saying that it's best that he look to go somewhere else because they didn't they didn't they didn't they didn't open it up for him? Yeah. I, I don't I don't feel like there are so many times where you're at you're looking at this game and PJ gets a little conservative running the ball. Let's play it safe. Like I don't feel like in today's college football world, playing it safe is going to win you very many games. I mean, you're in a five-game losing streak, and you've had a horrible losses. You had the one against Northwestern, obviously, but then you had at Purdue, Illinois. You know, these are all winnable games. The game against Wisconsin was a winnable game. You beat Iowa. It was a fluke. It was a fluke on a technicality. But I, I, I just don't feel like so you think it's more about PJ yes. than about the quarterback. Yeah, I I feel like this is more okay. about PJ not allowing the quarterback to go out there and execute an aggressive passing offense than Calic Manis. I, I mean, even with Tanner Morgan, as I was saying he had those great years, but did you really trust him as being the guy that's like okay, you've got these two stud wide receivers, but I never felt like he was going to be put in a position where he could make those big plays. So I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I would, I would, I would not look at the university of Minnesota's wideouts and say that we had studs. Did we have a couple guys that at times showed you some flashes? Maybe Daniel Jackson, I thought was their best receiver, but I, I wouldn't, I don't think we had any studs. No, that's what I'm saying with, with Tanner Morgan, like Tanner Morgan had those two great wide receivers, but even then at their highlight, like, I don't feel like it was really, okay, we're going to put the ball in Tanner Morgan's hands. But you well, don't, because, he, because you also had great running backs. Be, yeah, but you, you, yeah, Chris Bell was supposed to be your guy, but he was hurt at the beginning of the year, and I don't think he never, I mean, you had your tight ends. But yeah, outside of that, I just, maybe you just don't have the talent level that you once had, but I just feel like, this is a lot on PJ not letting your quarterbacks actually go out and throw the ball like quarterbacks do. And I don't mean to be bagging on PJ Fleck because I'm not a bag on PJ Fleck guy. But when I watch the games, I just I get so frustrated, and I'm not even a fan. It's like, what what are you doing, turtling up? What are you doing, like like try and run an offense that you know you can execute for a first down. And then open it up a little bit. Like, give us a little bit of creativity. I mean, I, I understand the frustration to Gopher fans. I totally do. I totally do. I, yeah, I, I think this is squarely on PJ. That's just me. All right. 651-461-9226. I, I, I think it's on everybody. I, I think that this year when you look at Gopher football, clearly the coach um, underperformed. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. I think that a lot of people look at PJ and they're like, PJ, what, what, what are you doing with, with some of the things that have happened here lately? Um, with, the quarter, with the quarterback, though, I, I think that the quarterback, I think that we were told and sold that the, this quarterback was going to be next level, and he was 
and I, I think that we jumped to that conclusion that this was the guy. Yeah, and we didn't, and we didn't see it. Like if you, if this is the guy, show it to us. If he's really got this gun that you say he does, let's see him use it. All right, I think somebody wants to weigh in. Six five one four six one nine two two six. And look, I think that the most interesting thing about this conversation, though, is wherever Ethan lands next. How he does in the next stop is going to say a whole heck of a lot about P.J. Fleck and his development or lack thereof of quarterbacks. If Ethan goes on to another, um, whatever other program he goes to, and he excels, then what does that say about P.J. Fleck and what he was not able to get done with them? I think that that would say a whole heck of a lot at the end of the day. That's just, I, I think it's going to be telling. Of how he, how well he does somewhere else. I think there, there's pressure on PJ. I feel. Let's go to Dave in Maple Grove. What's up, Dave? Yeah, guys, I'm a big Gopher fan. Go to quite a few of the games. Um, you got to look at the state of Minnesota too, and uh, the talent and football that we have here in high school. It's uh, let's be honest, it's subpar compared to a lot of areas, and it's tough to get good throwing quarterbacks up into the state of Minnesota. You look at the high school games, it seems to be nothing but run, run, run. It's changing a little bit. And so where does he go and get a quarterback? What can he get during recruit? He can get linemen. And he can get um, linebackers. All the rest, he's filling in a lot of talent spots with out-state kids. Now you throw the NIL into the situation. And um, I, I just look at the man. He's done a wonderful job. I sat in the stands at an 84-13 to 13 game as a, a freshman at the University of Minnesota. Um, I look at his graduation rates. I look at what the man's doing. Um, I don't hold a lot of animus toward P.J. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have seen his, and I've seen tons of his uh, uh, NIL kids lead the program. I think really it's the apathy here in the state uh, with uh, companies and uh, organizations stepping up. But Dave, and but Dave, uh, let me ask you this question: you don't, you, you, But Dave, you, you don't think that you don't think that the, w- there's any sort of good in-state recruits at the quarterback position that can give you anything? I mean, we've seen Chris Winkie, and I know that that's well, that. I, I know that that was years well, ago. I, we had Trey Lance a few years ago. You don't think there's anybody that could that could possibly be able to step in there? Well, Trey Lance, um, he got to where it off from at North Dakota State. I don't know where else he got the offers. Do I think there's a lot of talent in Minnesota for throwing? No, I don't. I watched I watched high school football for quite a long time. I was fortunate for my kid to get recruited at Division three level, but I heard from a couple of coaches that uh, one of the problems in Minnesota with Division three schools was was um, going out into the playoffs and playing uh, teams from other states that uh, they have throwing type of offenses. We seem to have really good running offenses that yeah. we run in high schools here. Give the ball to the biggest kid and uh, let it, let him turn it out. And I think it's because of the type of kids that we produce in high school. From what I've seen, the passing clinics are probably improving uh, what what has been in the state. But um, I think personally, I've seen just a, a myriad of coaches come through this this school. I'm yep. not sure if the administration supports it. All right, all right. Thanks for the phone call from Dave and Maple Grove. I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate the phone call. 
uh, here. I think that the Trey Lance one specifically, I think that that was just a a, a mistake by PJ. I, I just think that they they didn't recruit the kid. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that I think that that's a missed opportunity right there. That, that I don't think that I don't think that a Trey Lance would have picked NDSU over the University of Minnesota. No, I, as an NDSU alum and a Bison supporter, yeah. If if Trey Lance gets the opportunity to come to the U of M. Or go to North Dakota State, he's going to go to the University of Minnesota. If you if you tell him that you can play quarterback, yeah. I think that's key because I mean players get recruited. It's like, hey, we're going to move you to linebacker or safety. It's like, no, I want to play quarterback. So, but yeah, if you get the offer to play quarterback for the U of M, you take it. All right, six five one four six one nine two two six. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to headlines. That's next year on the Lake Show. All right, it's time for headlines here on the Lake Show. The MC, the master of ceremonies when we do headlines, typically, as Chris Tubbs, he's back tonight. He was uh, rooting on those uh, those pesky Minnesota Vikings <laughs> yesterday. That didn't work out well for him, so he's back tonight. He's still down in the dump. Uh, you can call him a lot of things, pesky. Uh, you're being too kind. Yes, I am uh, MCT. Let's go. Hey, around the state, many are reacting to the news that former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was stabbed while in prison in Arizona while he's serving time for the murder of George Floyd. Now, Chauvin was reportedly in stable condition when officials last gave an update after being stabbed by another inmate on Friday. Former, former Hennepin County Judge Kevin Burke, who's not associated with the case, said Chauvin was duly convicted and should be able to serve time in prison without the fear of violence. Quote, certainly Derek Chauvin is not somebody who's beloved by anyone except probably his closest family, but he didn't deserve to be stabbed, nor does any inmate, nor does any guard, Burke said, that the entire situation was sad. Chauvin's attorney said the prison was poorly run, that Chauvin is a target, as other inmates want to make a name for themselves by injuring him. Yeah, look, you don't you don't wish this on anybody. Look, No, you Der- don't. Derek Chauvin is, is doing his time. What happened to George Floyd never should have happened. It happened, unfortunately, and Derek Chauvin is the consequences of what he did. He's in jail right now, um, and you would think that there would be people that would say, you know what, we got justice, but there are people that will look and say, no, we haven't gotten full justice for George Floyd, and he will be a target while incarcerated. This is the reality, though, of jail time in prisons is that people are targets, unfortunately. And I I think there's always going to be a target on his back. Now, even if there is a target on his back, they got to do a better job of protecting him. It it, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, I don't think the target's going anywhere. Let's just go ahead and just acknowledge that the target's not going anywhere. The bottom line is, is the system's going to have to do a better job of taking care of Derek Chauvin. Yes, uh, yeah, a- absolutely. The, the vigilante justice, it isn't, it shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, but like you said, th- there are some people that want to make a name by being the person that takes down Derek Chauvin, whether you like him or hate him. He's serving his time. Yes, and that's that's completely and nothing independent. that you're looking to do right now was going to bring George Floyd back. No, you stabbing Derek Chauvin's not going to do anything to make uh, George Floyd's family uh, more comforted or anything like that. 
Yeah, no, no question. Hey, let's move down to the business side here, Henry. The exodus from X is bleeding beyond just major advertisers. In recent days, a number of prominent media brands have not only paused their marketing campaigns on the Elon Musk-owned social platform, but have ceased posting on it altogether, going silent on the once essential site that's sought to be the world's biggest digital town square. Flagship accounts belonging to Disney, Paramount, Lionsgate, Sony, Universal, and Warner Brother have not posted on the platform in roughly 10 days following Musk's endorsement of an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, which he still has not apologized for. None of the studios commented on the record when reached for comment. Now, the blackout on X extends beyond these companies' corporate accounts in some cases. For instance, the most high-profile accounts affiliated with Disney have gone dark. Star Wars, Pixar, and Marvel Studios, which were posting multiple times a day previous to uh, all of these going down. Instead, they've switched over to the meta-owned rival threads where they've started actively posting. And if more companies and other notable figures abandon Musk platform for other social networks, it will extinguish the allure it once had, providing yet another reason for average users to ditch the troubled platform. I quote, every day more brands are waking up to the reality that Twitter is dead and X is a cesspool. This according to platformers Casey Newton. The global town square is now dispersed across many different platforms and increasingly the most relevant conversations are taking place elsewhere. Are you on threads? I am, yes. I am too. Um, it's going to take a while for for something to really come close to Twitter. It's, it's going to take a while. I think eventually we'll get there, and I think eventually Twitter's going to die. It's not dead yet. Like it, it's getting, we're getting closer and closer because Elon Musk just. There have been spikes though, where it's like threads is something, and then it comes back down. So you know, spoutable. I got a spoutable account. A, ma- a mastodon. Well. Um, I don't have a Mastodon, I don't think. No, okay. I don't. So, But we're not there yet, though. All right, coming up next, what should the Twins do in terms of adding a starting pitcher? Because they have lost two. We've got some spots to fill. we get to that next year on The Lake Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.